You're about to listen to a message by Pastor Ikenna Okeke of the Father's Church. This message will challenge, encourage, and propel you to fulfill your purpose and live that life that God originally designed for you as revealed in His Word. Be blessed as you listen. Hallelujah. Thank you very much. Let's clap for him. You know, from the last thing he said, I actually read somewhere, someone said that when you hide to sin, that you sin with a private audience, only God. You know, I think that makes it worse. Eh? That you just sin in the eye of, you know, because you can't hide from God. Okay? So running or hiding doesn't, you know, you don't hide from God. You can't hide from the Holy Spirit. He feels everywhere. Let's touch something briefly before we leave it. This passage that he referred to, Luke 11. Let's read from 9 to 13 quickly. Where it says, ask and you shall receive. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. Now our Lord Jesus was teaching about prayer here. And it's important we understand all that he's saying. Because it's the word of God, is deep, is multifaceted. It can be interpreted in different ways. The conclusion we took from Sunday is that good thing, the account there of Matthew, Jesus teaching the same thing, said, how shall your heavenly father not give good things? Okay? Then here, our Lord Jesus, the Holy Spirit, interpreting the same verse, says, how shall a father not give the Holy Spirit? But I want you to see why good thing and the Holy Spirit is used interchangeably. Now, it says here, if a son, verse 11, Ask for bread from any father among you. Will he give him a stone? Okay? And then if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? If he asks for an egg, will he give him a scorpion? Now, why would Jesus be saying, if my son asks for bread, will I give him a stone? You know why? Because sometimes when we ask our heavenly father for bread, what we get will look like a stone. Praise God. How many of us can say that every answer to prayer we have had from God had been in the exact way we wanted it answered? Paul the Apostle said he had this infirmity, right? And he besought the Lord three times to take it from him. Did God take it away from him? So he was asking, he wanted this thing, pain, to be removed. But maybe whatever it was, we don't know exactly, was not removed. But he was saying that if you ask, what do you do? You receive. So at that point, what did Paul receive? Thank you. He received grace. The grace he received was not what he expected as an answer. He received what he was not expecting. Now, Jesus saying that if my son asked me for bread, will I give him something worse than bread? He was teaching that for every prayer you make to God, you either get the answer in particular or you get the answer better than what you asked for. So the Apostle Paul now told us that he would now rather glory in that thing that he received instead of the one that he was asking for. That's what that passage is telling us about. So it's not that if you ask for Mercedes, God can't give you Mercedes. He can give you Mercedes, but sometimes he gives you a better than Mercedes, which may not be a car. Praise the Lord. So that's why conclusion, he says, 
shall he not give the Holy Spirit, which we realize is the only good thing that is existing in the world now that will remain hereafter. Praise God. Do we get that? So we go to God in prayer, asking for specifics. Lord, I want this job and I want it now. Lord, you know I need a job. Lord, you know I need this contract approved. You know I need this. And when the heavenly father who loves you more than you can love yourself processes your request, he will give you an answer that is most beneficial to you in time and eternity. We are beginning to talk about love, right? Because he loves you, he'll give you something that is in time and eternity. That's why if you go to a shop now and someone, okay, I, I don't think there's anybody here that goes to buy, but a young man here goes across the road and um, he brings out 500 naira and asks for one or whatever they sell there. The person there will collect 500 naira and give it to him, isn't it? But if you were passing and you saw him, what will you do? You will take his 500 naira and slap him and beat him. Are you a thief? No, but because you love him and you know that what he wants to buy is not good for him, what do you do? You prevent him from buying it and you even beat him on top of it. What is the difference? The other person doesn't love him. He's just transacting. The other person loves him and is interested in his welfare. Praise God. So when we come to God in prayer, he loves us more than we love ourselves. And sometimes what we get in response might look like a serpent instead of fish. But if you trust him now, you know that he will never give you anything that is not good. Indeed, gooder than what you're asking for. Praise the Lord. The Bible says some things that if you don't meditate, you won't benefit from it. It says, as many as are led of the Spirit, these are, or they are, the sons of God. You know, you can take the word of God. I've told you the story of my lecturer, you know, that I, we went to. You know those days when lecturers, if you don't buy their handouts, thank you. If you don't buy their handouts, you can't pass. So I had this friend that was very witty, okay? So he went with me to buy my own. So I bought my own, and the man took my name and registration number. Then my friend went and sat in front and said, Sir, I wanted to buy, but my mother traveled. So I don't have the money to buy. So the man brought out pen and was ready to write. So, okay, so your mother traveled, you can't buy. But if your mother was around, would you buy? The guy, surprisingly, said no. <laughs> to my shock. Oh. So the man still took his name like somebody who he was waving it for because the mother was not around. But he had gotten what he wanted. He had gotten these little boys. I mean, we're teenagers. This is somebody that will probably be in his 50s or 60s. He took the boy's name and number. He failed that course. I left school. He was still there. Do you understand? Because human beings take the Bible and want to outsmart it. So somebody will tell you, once saved, always saved. Somebody will tell you, I have grace, I can do anything. The Bible said... As many as are led of the Spirit. So if the Spirit brings us here, and after service, the Spirit leads us to Guarimpa. If you go to Guzape, you have missed it now. You are no longer a son of God then. Isn't that what the Bible says? So you can say, as many as received him, he gave them the power to become sons of God. Yes, that's that stage. After he gives you the power, the Bible says, if we live in the Spirit, let us also what? Walk in the Spirit. 
So somebody can come and say, ah, I'm born. how do you know you're born again? He said in 1988, I answered an altar call. Eh. So how do you know you're alive? He said they gave birth to me in 1977. After they gave birth to you, you've not been eating. You've not been drinking water. And you're still surviving. You must be a spirit. Do you understand? So you're born again. It's a continuous relationship. As many as are led of the spirit. These are. Okay. And I think for me, one of the things that we learned on Sunday, which, you know, also uh, was retreated at the launch hour, is that uh, contrary to even what our brother said, talking that the Holy Spirit is ignored in the church, I don't think he's ignored. I just think he's not known. Because what is popular is speaking in tongues. So when Pentecostals gather, what you hear is, are you full of the Holy Ghost with evidence of speaking? You say, I speak in tongues. Once somebody says, I speak in tongues, you judge him to be spiritual. But speaking in tongues does not make you spiritual. It's just an evidence that you have the Holy Ghost. What makes you spiritual is that the Spirit is leading you now. Praise the Lord. You can use tongues and cover up anything. The guy that told us that did the 409 to me, before we eat, he speaks in tongues and even does exhortation. He has a small Bible. There are no phone Bibles then. Praise God. So when God is saying to you, sit down, like a personal told us then, you bring your offering. He says, go and reconcile with so-so-and-so person. If you don't do that, you can do whatever you're doing. You have disobeyed, you have disconnected. So what we're learning is the fellowship, the intimacy with the Holy Spirit. Praise God. The continuous connection, that's what he does for you. He's taking you step by step. And because he's our helper, he's not against us. He's to help us. Praise God. So the wisdom is, if it's leading me, if it's difficult, I say, Lord, give me the strength. So as he gives us the direction, the Bible says, it is he that walks in me, both to what? To will and to do. Hallelujah. So if I agree to the willing, I can plead to the doing. Praise the Lord. You know, times are difficult. Praise God. Times are tough. Especially if you're Nigerian, times are tough. I was told yesterday that cement... Uh, Pastor God, the last time people came to the house, we were saying cement was 5,006. Yesterday was 9,000. Today is 10,000. So times are difficult. Okay? However, the Christian must not allow himself to become desperate for anything else except the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Which means, I want to go this way, I want to go this way. If the Holy Spirit doesn't want to go that way, I hold myself. One of the greatest strengths that or benefits of being a Christian is self-control. Is the ability to say to yourself, sit down. Marriage is good, but I must not marry. To be wealthy is good, but I must not be wealthy. In fact, I saw a passage in scripture today that I said, wow, I never had seen it before. I don't have the reference, but i just tell you what he said. The gifts of the leaders of Israel, the tribes of Israel that they brought to Moses, God said to Moses, distribute it to the Levites according as their service in the house of God is. Okay? Now, some of them, they gave them, uh, what's the card they used then? Cards. They gave them cards and oxen. So they gave them SUVs. Okay, praise God. Are you following now? They gave them cats and oxen. So they gave them vehicles that will carry things. You know, someone said, they said they didn't give them anything. You know why? 
They said the work they were to do, they were to carry on their shoulder. And the ones that they didn't give anything were the ones that carried the ark itself. The ones that were giving carts and oxen were the ones that were carrying kaya. You know the one that is kaya? <laughs> they were carrying building, they were carrying wood and other things for the temple. But the ones that were carrying the ark itself, they didn't give them car. They didn't give them anything. They said because their own work was on their shoulder. So when others went home and packed the official vehicles, this other group had no official vehicle. They gave them according as their assignment. So you can imagine when someone whose assignment did not require a cart began to covet a cart, an oxen. So they will now give him the ark to carry. He'll put it in oxen. That's how he would have died like Hosea died. Praise God. So nothing is a must for the Christian. The only thing that is a must for us is the Holy Spirit. Praise God. It might sound insensitive. It might sound callous. But there is nothing you must, you must not succeed on, in the eyes of the world. Praise the Lord. You must not live long. You must not have the money. You must not, nothing is a must. The only thing that is a must is that you have the Holy Spirit. We're going to see as we get into this study that God's expression of love. Or maybe I just go there immediately and show that to you. Romans 5. You know, since we're in the Holy Spirit. You know. Romans 5 verse 5. Let's see what it says. And um, New King James. After that, I, I hope we have the Passion Translation, but we'll read the New King James first. It says, Now, hope does not disappoint because what? The love of God has been poured out in our hearts. How? By the Holy Spirit who was what? Given to us. Someone sang a song that says, Ain't no romance without finance. Okay? And the sisters here will tell you, I love you, I love you, I love you. Bring money. Praise the Lord. Mary, am I right? <laughs> okay? Now, this is how God Almighty, the maker of heaven and earth, communicates his love to us. He says the love of God has what? Been po- he said this man loves this woman. He did this for her. He did this for her. He did- That's what a man would do, right? The Bible is saying God loves you. And what did he do? He poured out his Holy Spirit. So you can imagine God pouring out the Holy Spirit to you. And you're saying... What is this? What is this? Like the children of Israel. What is this manner? We want solid. I want something solid. Lord, confirm that you love me. Bless me with so. But he has poured out his Holy Spirit to you. Anybody here has the Holy Ghost? You're specially loved. Hallelujah. Can you put that uh, Romans 5.5 5 in, in the Passion Translation for us, please? Thank you. Let's read it together, everyone. And this hope is not what... A disappointing fantasy is not bobo. He said, because we can now experience the endless love of God. How does it do? He says it's cascading into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who lives in us. The Holy Spirit is God's communication. So he loves you. Mm. He gives you. Praise the Lord. Somebody say, receive the love of God in the name of Jesus. Amen. So the greatest love of all, John 15, 13, we've sang the songs, we'll look at the scripture. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. And this evening as we look at this, because of the time and season, we are just for 
you know, a few of us, and I think, you know, for benefit of us, we'll try and compare it up so we see. It says, greater love has no one than this than to lay down one's life for his friends. So, when somebody says, that brother loves me, or for the unmarried person, or, you know, he loves me. The question is this, what is he loving you with? What is he doing for you, right? The Bible is saying to us here, the greatness of God's love is demonstrated how? That he laid down his life for us, you know, praise God. How do I measure love that somebody has for me? Is it not what he can do for me, isn't it? Okay, so a young lady has four or three suitors. One person is always writing nice messages, okay? And then another person is always making himself look good. He will put perfume, perfume, even remain to put lipstick and just be posing. Then another person doesn't write message. He's not putting anything on himself, but he did drop something well, well. <laughs> Which one do you think the sister will agree for? Uh-huh. <laughs> That's the one that is communicating. <laughs> Praise God. So the love is measured by what? What the person is paying, the price. And what is greater than laying down your life? And then when tonight we begin to understand that the person who laid his life down for us ordinarily was incapable of dying. Because if you don't get that, you don't understand what we are talking about. You see, for me, I pray that someone who will hear this and it will work for you. Let me tell you my position on death. No matter what happens, it's either rapture or I die, right? Now, what a shame it will be that at some point in my life, I can die. It's just like the way Nigeria is now. If they tell me that if I now rush to Asorok and just rush and hold uh, Jagat like this on the neck, eh? and once I hold him, they will kill me, but Nigeria will change. I'll go tomorrow. Because I will die for something that is worthwhile. You see, you don't die for that, then you're just jogging. You fall and die. They say, what did he die for? He said he died for jogging. <laughs> you wasted dying. A lot of people waste dying. Some people are eating, eating. They put pound there in their mouth. It chokes them. So what did he die for? He said he died. <laughs> Praise God. So dying for a man, you know, is something, but you still die anyhow. All these things we're here posing, if we hear gunshots, we'll lie on the floor. It's people's husbands and children that they call when they hear gunshot. So you hear gunshot, they call a fellow human being. He'll now come. Where, where are the people? Because they've signed that their life will mean nothing, that they are now going to live to protect you. So dying is powerful. But more so when the person we are talking about was incapable of dying. That's how come he had to be incarnated. He had to come as a man. Like I said, let this mind be, which was also in Christ, who being at the form of God, God can die. That's why he had to take the body of a man so he can die. So it's not just that he died for me. He had to undress to die. He had to re- take off the glory that he had and take the human body so he can die for me. That's the extent of love that God has for you and I. Can somebody say thank you, Jesus? Thank you, Lord. Okay, so 
it, it, by no, there is no comparison to this love. Even if uh, Romeo died for Juliet, it's not comparable. Romeo would have still been dead now, even if he didn't die for Juliet. He would have died of, you know, um, headache, malaria, bubonic plague. Something would have still killed him. But Jesus, our Lord and Savior Jesus, if he didn't do what he did, he would not die. In fact, even when he was on earth, he said, no man takes my life. They couldn't arrest him. He had to lay down. That's how intentional he was. So when we say the greatest love of all, it is indeed the love beyond comparison. Love beyond imagination. And he is the one that loves you. Let the devil shut up in your ears. Praise the Lord. Let him not be able to speak because you are so loved. Praise the Lord, somebody. Yes, that's the greatest love. And another thing we want to take in as we go quickly with the little time we have is that when we use the word love here, because it's English language, we can't break it down and we don't have the time. But let's understand it this way. 1 John 4, 8b tells us, for God is love. So when we speak love, and in this environment, which is the truth, we are speaking the love that God is, isn't it? Praise the Lord. We are speaking the love that who is? That God, God is love. So if I say, I love you, come with me. Let us go and hide at the back and do something. Ask the person, is it God that is leading us there? He said, but I really love you. If God is love, then anything love is bringing has to be what God is doing. Hallelujah. Yes, it's important. So it's a love that is not just greatest. It's a love that is on a class of its own. It's a love that has nothing to compare with. Okay? So we take another point. It says, for God, John 3, 16, we know that it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Now, the average man, the average human being, loves with a motive. So, I say, ah, I love that lady. I love that man. Why do I love him? I love him so that I can benefit from the relationship, isn't it? Now, what is God's motive for loving me? God is God. Praise God. God is who? God is complete by himself. God cannot be improved on. Nothing can be added to God. That's why that scripture says, for God, nothing inspired God's love for me. You know, the first day I saw my wife, she was so beautiful and I started loving her, right? Now, God didn't see me and I was beautiful and started loving me. There was nothing. God did not look at human beings and see something and then say, let me invest. No, there was nothing. That's why it says for God, somewhere in the Trinity where it says, but why did God love us? He says, he loved us because he loved us. For God so loved the world, okay? And then you take it, so motive is nothing. There is no motive. Praise God. The motive is love. And they say, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not what? But have everlasting life. Now, why is it also the greatest love? The motive is excellent. And then the effect is unbelievable. Look at the transport from perishing to what? Everlasting life. Now, some of us here, okay, let me use my wife since I used that before. She told me that in her university, there was one time one guy was trying to toast her. So this guy would be calling her. She would not respond. And one day the guy saw her and said, look at you. Look at you. I want to better your life. You see, I've been calling you. You know, the guy was very wealthy. I'm calling you to better your life and you're posing for me. 
Now, the guy was saying that I could have, she was trekking, he was driving. I would have ended up this year slapping your feet in this campus. Do you understand? So, he was talking about an elevation. So, whenever I love, I'm going to promise an elevation. I will make your life better. I will move you from Papi to Maitama. I will take you to Dubai. Praise God. Somebody is promising somebody now that I'll do so and so, right? All wonderful. But what does God's love do for us? It takes us from what? Perishing to what? Everlasting life. Can somebody say thank you, Jesus? That journey is it's out of this world. It's really out of this world. For God so loved the world that he gave it that whoever believes should not perish. But look at the journey from perishing to having everlasting life. So that's the effect. So it is greatest because of the great benefit, incomparable benefit. Praise the Lord. Okay, another way we see how great this love is, is the entitlement to it. Okay? And, and I explain this also coming down to our level to explain it. Now, you know how it is those days in school, maybe university or secondary school or where, whatever level. You, you see somebody, maybe in an office where you work, okay? And let's use the guy now. The guy is just together. Praise God. The guy is together. He's sharp. He's brainy. You know, he dresses well and all of that. So if he's loved by a lady or something, you can understand why the attraction is there, okay? But let's look at our case and see what happened with us come with me to romans 5 we looked at it but 7 and 8 we sang that also in the one of the songs that we sang today save the wretch like me and you it says let's read together it says for scarcely for a righteous man will want what yet perhaps for a good man someone would even want eight now it says but god demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were what Still sinner. The, the way the Spirit of God made this known to me is that he said, look at today's world now. Most of us here now that have social media handles, the average one amongst us, we look much better than that picture we put. Am I right? Yes, we look much better than the picture. Okay? Now, he says, what the Bible is saying here is this, that God didn't just see your best picture. He saw your Somebody gave a picture of men when they go to work, how they look and how they look coming back. Then he gave a picture of ladies when they go to work and how they look when they've come back. Anybody seen that? God loved the picture after you removed everything. While we are yet sinners, he demonstrated that love. He didn't wait for us to make up. Praise the Lord. He didn't wait for us to put our best face. He didn't wait for us to, you know, to get all the things that are attractive about us. No, he demonstrated that love. That while we are yet sinners, he did what? He died for us. That's love. Praise God. Most of what we call love is reaction. You see fine guy, you react, you love, you say I love you. You are not loving, you are reacting. You see a fine guy, you say I love you. No, you are reacting to the beauty that is attracting you. But when God loved you, there was nothing attractive. That's what makes it a great love. We didn't have to, you know, put anything that would make us know. He saw our sin. He saw our wickedness. He saw our helplessness. And he reached out and died for us. Anybody grateful for that? Then tell him thank you. Because, you see, these are the things that help you understand his love. There is no entitlement. You're married here. Ah, 
even last, last, don't, you don't get money as a man. Ah, like my friend will say, does your mother, you know, will say to the wife, he said, does your mother carve men? Do they carve men in your father's house? How many husbands are here? They don't carve men in your wife's house. So you're a gift to her. Praise the Lord. Even if you're not bringing money, that a man is here is something, but you will bring money. <laughs> Amen. Yes. Ah, they don't carve men there. You know, there is at least, give me respect that a man is. But with God, we have no sense of entitlement. He demonstrated our love that while we're sinners, while we had, what we had on our head was condemn, condemn, condemn. He came by and said, leave, leave, leave. Praise the Lord, somebody. Okay? Then we looked at the endowment already, Romans 5, 5. And we saw that this love is not communicated with silver and gold. It's communicated with God himself. So I think, um, I don't know who told me the story about a particular couple. I think it's Port Harcourt. Well, this story is always in Port Harcourt. So this man was so wealthy and buys the wife everything she wants. Cars, the latest car, changes the cars once there's a later model. But at a point, the lady got up and said, I'm divorcing you. It was not understandable. Why would you divorce me? Because the man thought that I give you everything. But the issue was that he was giving her everything money could buy. The girl did not marry money. The girl married him. Now, when you look at Romans 5.5, 5, what did God do? God did not give us everything on earth. He gave us himself. Praise the Lord. He gave us himself. You know, thank you for shouting. Hallelujah. Because some of the ladies in our time will say, don't give me yourself. Give me the money. Go. You know, this is what he did. He gave us himself. He gave us his Holy Spirit. You know, part of the problem they have outside the country now is that some of the things we've discussed here, a lot of those are young, our brothers there, when they want to marry, they come to Nigeria. They go to the village. They go to local areas. And they want to pick up a lady that will forever be grateful that he married her. So, no beauty, nor comeliness, they now take her up and marry her. Process visa, everything, okay? And then she comes to America. For the first four years she's there, the guy is still doing taxi or doing many jobs, and he puts this lady in nursing school. She's doing nursing school with her, you know, she doesn't know anything. After some time, she graduates from nursing school and begins to earn five times per hour. What this guy earns in an hour, Okay? After some time, they start having children. It becomes reasonable for the one who is earning less to take care of the children. Now, after some time, this one that is the nurse will go out and come back, and the man is washing baby. When she comes back, she'll just look at what kind of useless, what need do I have for him? So the, the society of nurses in America, you know, at least the Igbo one, you know what they call husbands, what they call themselves? They say, Dibwakwaku. Uh, that's husband. Because now they don't need him anymore. But that's not, that's not wise. Praise God. That's why you hear many cases of you know, brutal murders and all of that. Because, you see, these persons have lost appreciation of where they began the journey. But even the men themselves, the, why didn't they marry the Akata that is with them? That has opened eye. Can man die? <laughs> you know? Praise the Lord. 
Okay, so the endowment is God himself. Okay, quickly just for clarity, just so we get some things, our time is gone. What is this love? Let me say what love is not. Love is not lost. You see, what is lost? I want you. You're so fine. This thing is so nice. I want it. Okay, I'm desperate for it. It's not love. No, it's not. It's you want it. Okay. Like, I like you. I, I like the way you talk. I like the way you walk. I like the way you... This. I like that. It's not love. We're going to see what love is. In fact, even this one, I enjoy being with you. It's also not love. Someone should wonder then, what then is love? Praise God. I'm going to tell you what love is, and I'm, I'm going to use a simple illustration. All of that is part of it, but let me tell you how you know you love. Okay? A mother has a baby. Okay, and for months, this woman cannot sleep because the baby cries throughout the night. But when this woman carries the baby, she's not saying to God, why did you give me this baby? She's smiling and rocking the baby. The baby that did not allow her sleep. That is love. Eh? A mother looks at the baby. She goes, works with the expensive things in Nigeria. Buys milk and makes food for the baby. And then gives the baby. The baby doesn't eat. She's sad. Then she forces the baby. And the baby finishes the food. More money costs her. And she's happy. That is love. The baby didn't save her money. The baby ate her money. But she's happy because the baby ate her money. That is love. Are you with me? While she's feeding the baby, the baby pulls on her. eh? And messes up her clothes. She doesn't beat the baby. She says, ah, he has pulled. Hallelujah. Thank God. Baby has pulled. Are you getting what love is now? So what is love? I need two people to help me. Let me know if I'm communicating today. Somebody help me. So what then is love? Yes, love is selfless, yes. But more than that, there's just something that if you get, then I know my job tonight has been done well. Sacrifice. Yes, giving. Yes, well, correct. Dying to yes, unconditional acceptance. Yes, we have a little child here. Yes, what, what is love? Thank you. Love is showing compassion to someone. Very good. Now, let me tell you simply what it means to really know whether you can say, I love you, I love him, or I love God. Let me tell you what it is simple it's to enjoy just the fact that he is enjoying, to have joy because he is having joy when you find somebody you remember how for those of us that have left home and come how you visit home and your aged mother will go and cook and give you food and then sit down and then you're eating she's happy just watching you she didn't eat oh you stressed her her joy is that you're having joy until you get to that point you have not begun to love do you get what love is? So when you get this, you see why God does all the things he does for us. He just wants to look at us and see that we are pleased. That we are blessed. Everything he's doing is not touching him. The baby is not adding to the economy of the house. The baby is actually sapping the economy. But when they see the baby, it's the first day he goes to school, you're happy. You're going to pay school fees. You're going to start doing school wrong, but you're taking pictures. Ah, John has started school. John has started chopping your money. 
But you're clapping that John has started. Why? Because you love John. Until you can say that about somebody, you have not touched love. What you are at like. Like is, I like what I get from you. Love is, I love to see you enjoy. Let's rise on our feet. Your joy is my joy. <laughs> that is it. That is love. And God will help you. You'll get to that point. This is how love is matured in us. This is the difference between the Christian that loves God and the Christian that likes God, that uses God. So many Christians don't love God. They use God. Acts 13 verse 1 and 2, put it on the screen. I'll show you. You know, many years ago, in the former church, we used to do fasting. And you know the thing for our fasting? Just because we love him. How many people will declare fasting now? Just to love him. We're not fasting for any other thing. It says here, it says now in church that was at Antioch, there were certain prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manning, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and so It says, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, for what? They were ministering to the Lord. They gathered as a church, and they were just making God laugh. And as, as they were making God happy, they were being happy. Lo- to love is to get to the point where if I can make you happy, my joy is full. That is love. Every other thing is a process of using, enjoying, and wanting, and being sharp. Praise the Lord, somebody. As they minister to the Lord, we don't have time to look at some other translations. And fasted. No prayer point. We weren't even told how long. So the church gathered. And they, were, they didn't have all their problems solved. But they were just saying, let us make God happy. Now, if you understand this now, that is why there is the teaching in the church that praise is powerful. Worship is powerful. All of those things are powerful because they make God happy. But when you now do them for yourself, you miss the where, where you should have begun from. So when we say, let's gather, because when praise goes up, blessing comes down. And then you're praising just for blessing to come down. You have become why you're in it. The blessing is that you just sit down and think about this God. And think how good he has. Think about where he brought you from. Think about how he saved you. And you say, Lord, you're too much. Lord, I bless you. Lord, there's no one like you. Just because he's that. And then as I'm saying that, God is being delighted. And you see that God is being delighted. And then you're joyful. That's why the scripture can say, delight yourself in the Lord. And what will happen? He will give you. You didn't come for the desires of your heart. You came to love him. Praise God. So when I say I love you, I'm saying I'm looking. How can I make Livingstone joyful? How can I make my wife joyful? How can I make my husband joyful? Because that's what we do with people we love. Our children, they don't add to our economy. Love of country is that this thing will move this country forward. Not if 5% of our public servants love Nigeria. We won't be where we are. Just that it will be that my country or my community progressed. That's their fulfillment. So love is beautiful. It changes everything. It just turns it around. Our time is gone and I don't want to keep you too long. So I, I want you to pray because with God all things are possible. Praise the Lord. You're going to pray. He says, this is the greatest commandment. That you love the Lord thy God, you know, with all your heart, with all your soul. And then you love your neighbor. Lord, help me to love you with this true love. And then to love my spouse, to love my friend, to love my colleague. Let me go to work tomorrow. 
you see, you cannot put all that, you know, uh, Christian language to be a blessing. Because when they are blessed that I'm there, then I have joy. I sit back and I look at my office. I sit back and I look at my colleague. What is the greatest demonstration of love to your neighbor? Is that you bring the gospel to him, which is the best thing that can bless him. And then you be a witness to it. Praise the Lord, somebody. So you understand this, every other thing begins to fall in place. You see why holiness is important? Because if you as a Christian don't live right, you model up the water that an unbeliever can use to become a Christian. Many of us were delayed from giving our lives to Christ because of people we knew who claimed to be Christians, but were not living the life. So those people were hindering us. But some people are such sweet fragrances that when you think about them, you just want to follow them in that direction. That's what it means. So when the Bible says the love of Christ compels me, or like Paul will say, it says if meat will cause my brother to offend. He said, ah, then I'll never eat meat. Is it that Paul didn't like meat? Paul liked meat. But he said, I love him so much that if he sees me eating meat and it will offend him, then I'll never eat meat so that he will never be offended. I want you to lift up your voice and say to the Lord, baptize me, pour afresh, fresh love upon my heart for you first and foremost and for my neighbor. Lord, let me find joy when I give you joy. Can you take this to God in prayer? Lord, let me not have joy anytime you don't have joy. Let my life give you joy. Let the meditations of my heart, let my words, let the things I do, let me love you. You know, that's why the, the Bible compares, says, can a mother forget her nursing child, her suckling child? He was trying to say, this is extreme love, but he's saying the one I have for you is even more. She may forget, but I would never. So tonight we are going to go to say, Lord, I want to love you. I want to be satisfied just to see you glorified. I think somebody sang that song. I want to be satisfied just to see you glorified. It doesn't have to be a big stage. Even if it's just one-on-one. Even if it's just you and I. Even if it's just you and my brother. Even if it's just you and my sister. Even if it's just us in the corner. Lord, I want you to enjoy me. I want to see you happy. I want to see you joyful. I want to see you pleased. There are several instances in the Bible that makes this very clear to us. When Phinehas rushed with a javelin and speared through a man and a woman... God said, aha, this man loves me. And he made a covenant with him immediately. Lord, let my life be about pleasing you. Let me find pleasure when I give you pleasure. You are my God. I love you. I receive the grace. That's why we're in the God's presence. The anointing is coming upon you tonight to give God pleasure, to minister to the Lord to serve the lord to be a witness that heaven will be looking you know the bible says the eyes of the lord they run down from upon the whole earth it's searching for who why is he searching that he might find joy Yo, it's like those days in school when a teacher asks questions their students is looking for he's looking for students there are students that answer what he wants he's looking for them tonight lord choose me let your grace come upon me let your help come upon me that i will give you joy help me to enjoy giving you joy let the thought that i bless my god be my fulfillment and satisfaction lord i give you the praise now take the prayer for your neighbor if you're married for your spouse if you're not yet married lord and you're trusting god lord let the person that will come be the person that i will love to give joy 
I want you to pray for your relationships. Your mother, your parents are still alive. Let them be joyful that I am their son. Let me give my children joy. Let me give my parents joy. Let me give my brothers joy. I want to love them. Now we understand love. Let me give even my neighbors, even my enemies. Let me be a blessing to them. Let this love that you have so poured abroad upon my heart. Lord, let it diffuse through me everywhere that i go that the fragrance of christ may spread through me thank you lord my god the anointing to do this we receive by faith as a church individually and corporately thank you father we give you praise and glory in jesus christ's name we pray you've been listening to a message by pastor ikinaukeke of the father's church we are sure you've been blessed we invite you to worship with us at eden center banex guarimpa expressway near next kashinkari abuja for telephone 09-290-9000 or 703 you can find us online at www.thefatherschurchonline.com God bless you.